Sports Radio welcomes you to the Lions Den with your hosts, Michael Heiger and Louis Bellotta. Ah, uh, yes, you are listening to the Lions Den here on Impact Sports. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Michael Heiger, and here with me every week, I've got my co-host, Louis Bellotta. Hello! And my other co-host, Christopher Bogus. What's up? What's up? What's going on, guys? What a great week four of NFL football it was. And we are here to recap the Lions' win over the New York Jets. Preview next week's week five matchup against the Buffalo Bills. Sounds very interesting. (laughs) Jim Schwartz coming to town. Jim Schwartz is coming to town. Battle of the Jims. Following that, we're going to be talking about some... Indomitian Sue, the infamous Indomitian Sue. Reports are he's out of Detroit. Do we believe him? You'll find out. And then to finish our show, we'll put our brains on the line and tell you what we think the final score will be of the Lions and the Bills in week five. But let's get started with a recap of the Lions 24 to 17 win over the New York Jets. Chris, Lewis, first impressions. I know you watched the game very closely. I want to know, what did you guys get out of that game right away? Golden Tate, great signing. Great signing, Golden Tate. It took you this long? No, but I mean, he showed (laughs) it because Calvin barely played. So he showed his worth because if this was, they did it last year against Green Bay. No Calvin, no win. And they didn't win, but this it would have been the same thing this year if they didn't assign if they would if they wouldn't have signed Golden Tate. Yeah, like over the past three three games um, before uh, the Jets, he was five catches, five catches, five catches, fifty yards, fifty yards, fifty yards. He was the number two receiver. Shows up this week, over hundred yards, over five catches. Totally replaces Calvin and steps up when he has to. Beautiful. Of course, for those of you who maybe weren't watching the game too closely, maybe had your TV switched over to the Tigers game, Calvin Johnson was active this week after being questionable all week with an ankle injury. But even though he was active, didn't really see much of him in the game. Only had two catches on two targets for 12 yards. Was really in and out for every single offensive series. So you really saw Golden Tate step up. He saw 10 targets, eight more than Calvin, and he caught eight of those balls for 116 yards. And I, I really saw a lot of chemistry there between Stafford and Tate that you really didn't see last year with the guys that you had coming up to replace Calvin Johnson, whether it be Nate Burleson, Chris Durham, uh, there was Kevin a Ogletree. Bryant Johnson. Bryant Johnson. You really, <laughs> the Lions really never had this wide receiver depth in the past. And... It wasn't even Tate that I saw step up either, guys. You saw Jeremy Ross catch a 59-yard touchdown pass also. We're, I mean, they just looked on cue. Stafford looked on cue with each and every one of his receivers. What about that Eberron touchdown catch? What? What? It's what? about time. Oh, yes. I just yes. I like that there was a definite power. Like, you could see the power structure where, like, Calvin Johnson would usually be at the top of the stat sheet, but instead... 
Calvin moves to the bottom. Then it's Tate, Ross, Ebron, Broyles, Bush, and Bell. It's just it's just awesome to see something like everyone step up into their role and get it done when there's an injury on the field. What a great story it was to see Ryan Broyles out on the field this week. Here's a guy who's had multiple knee injuries, was the all-time leading receiver in NCAA history, more receptions than any other college receiver ever. And here's a guy comes out, has a lot of upside. You can't disagree with that. Former second-round pick, I, a, guy, a guy that I really like to see out on the field. First week he's active, comes out with a catch for 21 yards. Only saw a couple of targets, but I think this is a guy that – the Lions can plug in there and can really make a pretty good role this season. Oh, yeah, they're easing him back in. Mm-hmm. They don't want to lose him. They know he's valuable, and the, he's a depth guy right now. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was good to see him out there and to get that one catch for 21 yards. It at least shows he still has his skill left. Yeah. I want to know from you guys, because from watching that game from the first series where the Jets really, Chris Ivory seemed to – Run all over that Lions defense. Seemed a little that, invincible at that times. That drive kind of, uh, it, it scared me a did little the bit. Li- did the Lions come out not ready for Chris Ivory and the Jets? Were they just not prepared to get out on the field? No, no. I just think that, I just think Chris Ivory was just raring to go. I think Rex Ryan was just trying to make a statement and bully the feared Detroit defense that's been talked about so far. He just came out with a game plan to just run it down our throats, and then you see where that got him near the end of the game. The lines adjusted over the MetLife Stadium fans and uh, Rex Ryan's game plan, and they just turned it around on him. Yeah, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Chris Ivory had over 50 yards on that first drive rushing, the ball, running the ball. And as Chris, you said, the lines really did adjust and improve and improve their game plan because it looked like from the get-go they weren't prepared to stop the run and after that they held ivory to only another about 30 more yards for the rest of the game so ivory finished with 84 yards didn't finish with a touchdown of course they did have chris johnson cj maybe 1k we'll see But he he finished with 44 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, nice touchdown. Run. If you delete nice that whole first there. drive, they held the Jets under 100 rush yards for, and that would be the fourth game in a row where they've held their opponents under 100 yards. That first drive was just a little fluky. Yeah, and I mean, even Chris Johnson's run, you could call a little fluky. He looked great out there. He had a 35 yard touchdown run, but besides that, five carries, nine yards. They really did hold him down, and Chris Ivory as well. So I, I really liked what I saw out of the Lions' run defense. After that first drive, you can't be perfect forever. No, you really can't. You're going to have your flaws, but as long as they can adjust, which they did, which is what I like about this coaching staff, is they adjust correctly. Uh, You know, I just lost my train of thought. But yeah, it looks good out there. It does look good. (laughs) It's all good. Uh, And how about that defense? We haven't even touched on the defense yet. I thought, guys, to hear Whitehead filling in for Steven Tolick. Leading tackler on the team this week. Guys, not Monday. even Tier Whitehead. Guys, James Ahegdabo. Five tackles, he one sack, one in. forced fumble. That man stepped in oh, and played yes, the game. he did. Yes, he did. How great was it to finally see James Ahegdabo on the field? It seemed every week he was a game-time decision. Then finally, week four, he gets out there and really does put together pretty darn good performance and showed why... Daryl Tapp wanted to bring him with him back to, um, or excuse me, not Daryl, Terrell Austin. Wanted not Daryl Tapp. 
Daryl Tapp. Is, there was a Daryl Tapp sighting this week, though. There he was did have a Darryl tackle. Tapp. He recovered that James Hegdebo <laughs> yes, fumble. Yes, he did. Actually. He did that too. <laughs> but um, to be there. <laughs> excuse me. Terrell Austin brought him with him from Baltimore and uh, really showed some leadership out there. Of course, he mentioned the uh, sack fumble on Geno Smith. Guys, it is not good to be Geno Smith right now. I'm going to say it again, all. like I did last week. I just feel bad for him. I do. <laughs> like he just. I don't feel bad. I say give the Jets another year and I'll be afraid of them. I'm honest. If they keep Rex Ryan in there, Geno Smith, he's going to keep getting beat up. But You you really feel bad for a quarterback who, I know the fans were chanting, we want Vic the entire game. It wasn't all of his fault. Did you not see the video of him walking off the field saying F you to the fans? Yeah, that's That's, that's just a young guy. That's just New York. Yeah, that's (laughs) That's also Rule number one, if you want the fans on your side, you do not say F you to the fans. Just ask Joe Nathan. Just ask Dominic Rayola. Dominic Rayola. You see it in sports, and I just wonder. That's the one thing you don't want to do is upset your own fans. You could ask Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz. <laughs> Guys, Geno Smith, he, 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 I, don't, I don't see him lasting much longer in New York. I think Michael Vick's going to be in there probably oh, by week six no. as their starting quarterback the rest of the way. But the Lions really – I mean – do you think the Lions' pass defense was really that great this week, or yeah. Geno Smith was really just that bad? A little bit of both. A little bit of both? Yeah, a little Geno bit of Smith both. helped us out a little bit. but Yeah, but I, I don't think they're anything to laugh at. I mean, they're currently second in opposing passing yards in the whole entire league. Only off by a yard from the pa- uh, Patriots. I mean, that's nothing to laugh at. D- Darius Slay. It is the NFL. <laughs> Look at the work that Terrell Austin has done with this defense. Look at how Terry Darius Slay has stepped up and he really blanketed Eric Decker this week. They had him on Decker for a good amount of the game. He got targeted nine times more than anybody else in the Jets. Only wound up with four catches for 48 yards. And yeah, he did he did get the touchdown. Yeah, he did, but Slay also picked Slay also got a pretty big interception as well. It's so. first one of his career. First one of his career. Bravo. And I think out of anybody on this team he has been the biggest surprise this oh, year. Oh, yeah. I would totally agree with you. No question. He has definitely been worth a second-round pick, and he looks like he's going to be here a while. He looks great. If there's anything I love, it's when players shut me up. And he shut me up because I was one of his biggest doubters in the offseason. I said, there's no way that this guy's a number one cornerback on a playoff-contending NFL team. And he proved me wrong. And I actually now trust him for the long haul. I'm, I'm glad Darius Slay proved me right because I was really hyped for him last year. He had a couple good games and he had a couple terrible games, but I stuck with him, and now it's uh, it's helped me out. I was glad a Hegdebo made me look good, and I said he's going to be our MV, our defensive MV, MVP. You did. Look at that. I he's did. averaging look, a that. strip sack a game now. <laughs> I just want to point this out. So we say a Hegdebo, but everybody on Fox Ihedigbo. calls him, uh, what do they call him, a Hedabo. There's a G in there. So, unless that G is silent, I've never heard it. Four weeks. They always mention how he's not in the lineup because he's injured, and they always say a head of bow. I've never heard a national. I've never heard Maybe they don't know how to say his last name, so they're slurring the G, so it's kind of silent, kind of quiet. It just sounds awkward. 
I don't know. A heck to bow sounds a lot more correct because that's actually how it's spelled. And I'm pretty sure Tony Saragusa said, like, a higgy bow, and I was like, oh. I was like, well, it just hurt me. Anyways, I just wanted to bring that up real quick because I'm pretty sure that us college kids are saying it right and these national guys are saying it wrong. Yeah, we we should actually have their jobs. Right? Exactly. We can say a heck to bow and they can't. Come on. Yeah, sign us up. It's not that hard. Sign us up. I did want to mention one thing uh, before we move on to a preview of next week's game. And it's something that's been worrying me. Really, the only thing that's worried me about this team this year, and it's continuing to worry me, I know is the does. Lions' run game. Yep, that's it. It to me, that was something that was I thought was dynamic going into the offseason. Having really, I mean, going into the going into the regular season, where you really had two guys, Bush and Bell, who could both not just split carries, but both provide dynamic weapons on this offense and. We haven't really seen much of either, and that continued this week. Bush finished with 12 carries, 46 yards. Bell, 8 carries, 32. And I know the Jets actually did have one of the best run defenses in the league, and they continue to still have that. But haven't you guys been expecting a little bit more from the run game? I'm okay It doesn't worry you a little. I'm not worried. Um, I'm I'm still not worried. I, I mean, I see. I look at the stats, and yeah, I mean, that's not good. But, like, I'm using my eyes here. I'm using my eyes. And I don't have a problem with it. At the end of the game, I don't know if you're watching it because I know the Tigers, there was getting a little hype down there. It but was. Reggie Bush ran the ball decently well at the end of the game to run the clock out. He did. He did a nice job. I mean, Bell had a concussion. His yards could have been more. True. Yeah, when did he hop out of the game? It was, I think, in the third quarter. Yeah. He hopped out. Yeah. You know, I just, I'm not worried, but there definitely should be some more yards in both of their stat books. I'm not worried because it's happened two weeks a in a down. row. In the fourth quarter, Reggie Bush has busted out a play of more than 10 yards, and he looked good. When he had the touchdown run against Green Bay, and then this last week, he put a nice spin move on one of the Jets' defensive players. Oh, I don't yep, know if you remember yep, that. Yep, but he deked him right out and got a couple more yards after that. That's why I'm not worried. He can still do you, that. He can still do it. It's not like he's doing it five times a game like when he was a rookie, but... He can still do it. I'm not worried. You got to remember, Adrian Waddle. Waddle. I'm not gonna say his first name. I just struggled Adrian. so bad. Okay, so he's he's gonna hopefully come back, and that'll strengthen up the O line. But you got to remember, we're running um, Joe Lombardi's offense from oh, you know, a version of that from the Saints, and they're running backs Mark Ingram and Pierre Thomas, Pierre Thomas, and, and Sproles, right? Sharon, Chris the, Ivory. Yep. The list goes on. Yeah, <laughs> they shared the ball and. Big news was Drew Brees, not them. Never them. Even if they had a touchdown or two, it was still Drew Brees. So that offense that he's bringing over here is not relying on the run game as much. It's more conservative offense. Uh, it's something I'm not worried about. That is a solid point. That is a very solid point, Chris. I did just want to mention the one guy who has actually impressed me the most on the ground is not Reggie Bush. It's not Joey Bell. But it's Matthew it's Stafford. It's not even theoretic. Look at it's Matthew, Matthew Stafford. Stafford. Sweet feet. How about that touchdown run in the fourth oh, quarter? Yeah. It, it did only go down as a one-yard run, but it seemed he a ran lot longer a lot. than that. Oh, yeah. He ran yeah. about seven yards. His mobility, guys, has blown me out of the water. We've never seen this mobility out of Stafford. He was we very saw it a little bit in his like first two years. I agree. I, I saw a, a documentary on him a while back, and in high school, he was a running quarterback. Really? Oh, yeah. He was a big running quarterback, and then wow. he just kind of stopped in college in the pros. You know, it, I think So he it, can do it. He's got the legs. He just doesn't show it off a whole lot. It just shows how he practiced being careful over the offseason. He's not forcing throws, and he's not taking the sack. You know, he found that 
that gray area in between, like, oh, man, I could run it in right now. And he's been doing that. This is his second rushing touchdown of the year. And I don't think it's his last one. I think what Jim Caldwell and Joe Lombardi have really taught Stafford more than anything is to use his eyes and to look at the field around him. And I think more than ever, Stafford has been able to see the entire field. He's not locked into a Calvin Johnson or uh, he's not locked into one guy. He's actually spreading out the field, looking at what his options are. And heck, if he has to run the ball, he'll, he'll run the ball. And he's looked pretty darn good doing it. So I've really liked what I've seen from his on his feet so far. But... Um, yeah, I think it's looked pretty good. Right, I'm kind of also... eating my words a little bit. I looked it up. His senior year in high school, he had 212 rushing yards for eight touchdowns. That's pretty. That eight means, touchdowns, that's a running though. That's eight, eight rushing touchdowns. Yeah. I mean. Will he run for eight this year? No, not even close. <laughs> Definitely not. He's averaging a half a touchdown a game so far. There's 16 <laughs> so games on, in the season. Uh, he's on pace for that's it. That's just math right there. Guys, uh. it won't happen. But <laughs> the Lions have a kicker. The Lions have a they kicker. They do. Now. What was that they, first one? And his name yards? is Alex Henry. Fifty-one yard field goal in the first quarter, and I can and I know I was relieved. I breathe this breathe a sigh of relief. I wasn't with you guys, but I know you guys did too. How about that, Alex Henry? First kick in a Lions uniform, fifty-one yards. I'm just gonna I have just... to say real quick that second kick. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what, but he made the first one when he made that first <laughs> one. Just. It, everything came off my chest. I just felt better. <laughs> I just felt healthier. Oh, monkey off the back. I don't know. Didn't that second kick kind of remind you of those really bad first pitches that you see in yes. baseball games? Kind yes, of like 50 it cents. It honestly, the <laughs> kick, like, Leave 50 just seem, like with this. the camera, or I don't know what I was doing. It just seemed like it all happened so fast. Uh-huh. Like, I think like it was rushed or something. Yeah. Like, they were pulling it off so it that, might- like, they wouldn't. The Jets could have gotten a really good push yeah, in the I don't, front. So. Yeah, I don't know what was going on, but it, it all seemed to happen so fast, and like I blinked, and then the ball is just sailing into the stands. One for two past 50 yards, though, is better than what Nate Freeze was. Uh, mm-hmm. Very true. By the way, Fitty, if you're listening to this podcast, I didn't mean any disrespect. So, <laughs> No disrespect, right. son. All right, guys, it's time to put the Jets game to bed and move on to next week with the Lions Week 5 matchup against... The Buffalo Bills. Battle of the gyms. And guys, nobody circles the wagons like the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. And I want to know, what are you guys most looking forward to next week, week five? What matchups are you looking towards? We'll get your predictions later on in the show. Good old uh, gym shorts. I mean, gym shorts. What? <laughs> I'm just looking for uh, yeah. Buffalo's one-dimensional offense to get shut down. They are going to get lit up. I hope they do. They are 25th in the league in pass defense. I hope we get and the 0-2 Bills, in the league, not the 2 and, and pass Bills. offense. They are going, yeah. Oh, Kyle Orton is starting now. Yep. Oh, oh. Hey, did uh, you know that he is 4-0 and against the Lions A lot of those in oh, his career? <laughs> all, all four of those games, I'm assuming, coming oh, when, yeah. in a Bears uniform. Oh, yeah. Probably and the year the Bears the, went to the Super Bowl. And when the Lions stunk a whole lot, so it doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about those stats because, as you said, that is when the Lions, those were their 0-16 years. Now we're in the three and one years. Oh yeah, and things are looking up, 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 and the bills are looking down, down, down. 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 But <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. The, of course, the big news coming out of Buffalo: EJ Manuel's been benched for Kyle Orton. 
But this is a team I, I wouldn't sleep on, guys. They they are 2-2 two and two this year. They didn't finish with an overtime win week one against the Bears, week two against the Dolphins. And I think people can kind of get a little blinded when a team is on a two-game losing streak to two teams that are 3-1 and one, and two of the better teams in the NFL and the Chargers and the Texans. So I don't think this is a team you can necessarily sleep on because they were actually in both of those games. They lost by 12 to a Chargers team that I think could make the Super Bowl. Oh, I do. I think they'll win that division. I, that's my personal opinion. Did you know that Brandon Flowers is the top-rated cornerback in the NFL? Yeah. What a he, great pickup I wanted the Lions great to pick up. him up. So. I think everybody wanted the Lions to pick him up. Yeah. And though they just signed him, I, to a, they signed him to a one-year contract, three mil, and look at he is proving it, his worth. It's always those guys that the fans want the Lions to pick up that wind up doing great, unfortunately. Right. And they did only lose by six to the Houston Texans. You can't sleep on the Houston Texans either, and I don't think you can sleep on the Buffalo No, you Bills. can't. You can sleep on the Texans. I'm you sleeping can't, on the Texans. You can't sleep on J.J. Watt. Yeah, he's literally the corner, the quarterback, the defensive end, the wide receiver, the run. He's everything, guys. I think the. I, I think Buffalo is a very similar team to the team the Lions played last week in the Jets. Here's a team, one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL, only gives up 71 running yard, rushing yards per game. That's best for third in the league. A team that had some success running the ball. You've got really a two-headed monster in Spiller and Fred Jackson, which I think is better than what the Lions have on the field in Bush and Bell. I know you guys might disagree with me. And yeah, and yeah, their passing game is eh, but Sammy Watkins is pretty explosive. Yeah, he's had the yeah he's had the rib injury, but who knows what Kyle Orton can do with that offense? We really don't, and that's why I wouldn't sleep on Buffalo. I don't know. I mean, I just, hey, do we not remember at in the, the end of the preseason we circled this game as blowout of the season? That this was, would be the blowout game. We locked in our picks. That, well, this well, did you guys was think the blowout. Yeah, the Bears are not good. I've been telling you guys that for a while, and I am sticking with that for the I, rest of the season. I highly disagree with you, <laughs> but we'll agree to disagree. I, I think the Bears are a very good team. I'm still down. It's going to be a home game. Now, one person in this state likes Jim Schwartz. Jim yeah, Schwartz. that will be an advantage. We're calling him Jim Shorts right now. Yeah. Yeah, now one person in this state likes Jim Shorts, and I think they're going to come out with some fire because that team isn't a whole lot different than last year. They know what they're up against, and I know at least the offense is going to be raring to go. You want to know what I would like to know is if Jim Shorts has any sort of tricks up his sleeve. Like, no. Well, you know, I, got, I know something. Did he have any tricks up his sleeve when he coached us? Oh, yeah, like a fake punt in the snow that didn't work out so well. <laughs> not talking about that kind yeah, of trick. so like, no. He is, he is coaching against a very different Lions team, a completely different Lions team than the team that he was the head coach for in Detroit. And I don't think he knew his team that well, so I don't think he's going to know his team <laughs> that well as the defensive coordinator of the Bills. Yeah, he I'm had access worried. to more tapes than he probably does now, and he couldn't figure it out, so... That's why I'm still going. This is going to be a blowout. Yep. And, guys, I wanted to have – moving on to our third topic, we'll talk about our predictions for the game following this. But I wanted to talk about a guy who we've talked about multiple times, and his name kind of lives in infamy now. Sue. Sue. Reports is- are coming out that he's out of Detroit. I'm not surprised. Rumors are he wants to go to New York. Not sure like yet I said. whether he wants to go to the Giants or Jets. But like Lewis said on this show several times, several times, it Lewis looks is as if Sue <laughs> is headed to New York. And I want to know from you guys: Do you believe these rumors? And if the rumors are true, 
Good riddance or not good? Well, okay. I'm just going to take the mic for a second. Take One, the, you're the, you're the expert, I believe apparently. he wants to go to New York because he signed with Rock Nation. He has a gigantic ego, and the best place to market yourself is New York. Carmelo Anthony, good example. Right? Okay. There you go. Absolutely. One thing, though, that I think may keep him, the one thing. And keep him in Detroit? Keep him in Detroit. It's money. Money is the root of all evil, and I honestly think that if the Lions throw the kitchen sink at him, that he's going to stay. Well, maybe he already knows he's not getting that money. I think he already knows he's not getting that money. All right, and that could be. But the only thing that that slides in his favor is the Lions, and I was telling Chris this when I ran into him on campus yesterday. (laughs) The Lions only have four starters at the end of the season that are up for free agency. Two offensive linemen, Nick Fairley and Rasheen Mathis. You can replace one of the offensive linemen, and you only have three starters left, including Sue, that is going to be a free agent. I think if they wanted to, they could scrounge the money together and throw it all at him. If the team does well, if they do well, but if they make the playoffs, I think the Lions are going to make one last run and throw the kitchen sink at him. Guys, is that money even worth it? No, you're, no, you're it's talking, not. It wants... is completely not. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about from like what's logical to what's going to happen. I'm just saying, yeah, he wants to go and he wants to go to New York because it's the perfect place for a big ego. But money is the root of all evil, and I think the Lions are going to throw it at him if they do well this season. I want to throw some numbers out at you guys for this season through four weeks. Nine tackles. Yeah. One sack. Oh, yeah. No, he's not doing crap. Zero J.J. Watt fumbles. is making him look not worth any of that money Zero. at all. Nothing. How could he even come to the table and argue that he deserves J.J. Watt money? Because it's all about a name. It's, and it's all, all about, about a, a name. name. And that is why if he comes to the Lions asking for that amount of money, do not give it to him. Oh, yeah. I do totally not, agree. Do not, do not give it to I him. I totally agree with you. But I'm just saying what what people are thinking and what could possibly happen. I know it's not logical. They should never give him that much money. He's not worth it. I want him gone. I've been saying this for a long time. I want him gone. But- One thing on the stats, I know you guys don't follow this, but his stats cannot be written down most of the time. The double teams he takes, is that's a big deal. No, I will you can't say with, it's not a big deal. I will agree with Chris that he opens up Nick Fairley, Ziggy Ansah, Jason Jones. Yeah, he t- opens up a lot of the other production from the rest of the defensive line. He doesn't get And he is back. a big part of why they have the sixth rush defense in the league. And you can't deny that, that he is definitely a giant help to that. But ultimately, with those stats that you brought up, he is replaceable by some. Yes. To me, a new contract isn't about, oh, well, he draws double teams. It's about numbers. And he's not putting out numbers. J.J. Watt, he's drawing double teams. He has two touchdowns. He has more touchdowns than Sue has sacks. Okay. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da! Put on your New York Jets hats or your Buffalo Bill hats or your New York Giants hats, whatever. Whatever team that you think Rock Nation's going to take them to. Who is going to... They all have very stellar defensive lines, and uh, I'm, I don't know what their pocketbooks look looks like, but the Jets' defensive line... Do they need Sue? I mean, obviously they could use him, but do they need him? They need a receiver. They need offensive weapons. They need something else. Do they need Sue? I think they need a name like Sue. I think they need somebody to bring the fans into the You want to know why he's going to the Jets? Look at the free agency they just had. Who'd they sign? Chris Johnson. That's a name. Michael Vick. That's a name. Eric Decker. Decker. That's a name. 
They had at one point Darrell Revis, Darrell, Darrell <laughs> Revis, which is a name. Like they're all about names. Yep. This team is about the Jets are about names. And they really don't have the names on that defense. Yeah, Sheldon Richardson, probably one of the more underrated players in the NFL. Muhammad Wilkerson. I, same well, thing. I mean, I would disagree a little bit just because he was a rookie last year. He still has a lot of time to. He was one of the better rookies in the NFL last year. Though. Well, he won the D. Roy. Yeah. So, Sheldon Richardson, I think, is an up and coming star. I think Muhammad Wilkerson is an absolute beast. He was good, but put Sue on the line with them. That's what I'm saying. I just he won't be getting double teams. Sue can't get double teams on that line. I'm the contract. That's the only thing I'm like. Do they want to put Dude, all New their York, money on the man, defensive it's line? New York. Okay, so Chris, it's... you're the general manager. Sue comes up to you. He says, "Chris, I want to be the second highest paid player in defensive history behind JJ Watt. Do you give him the money? No. No. No, I don't. Okay. He will get that money somewhere, but I don't. I mean, it could be on the Jets. I just don't think that's where it will be." It will be where he is needed, where someone will throw him the kitchen sink. What about the New York Giants? That could be the place. Honestly, I if he know. doesn't go, here's the thing. If he does, I keep I keep hearing Dallas and Chicago are rumored. One, Sue's not going to Chicago. Chicago can't afford him. I don't think they can. But Dallas, I think Dallas is the dark horse. But here's the three teams that Sue's going to go to, and I'm putting it online right now. He's either going to go to the Jets, which I think is my top pick. Dallas is the dark horse. But number two, the Raiders. Yeah, that's what ha, I'm saying. Ha. That would be such a Raiders signing. No, it would. Yeah. It would. It totally would because they got the money. They need the talent. It's not a good market for him, but, hey, he's in Cali. I'll throw one more, I'll throw one more team at you. Hmm. The Washington Redskins. No. 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 He's not going to no. go there either. No. Sue's he's going to go, go somewhere there. like the Saints, the Cowboys. No, I'm or telling you, he's going to be. If he's not a Jet by by this time next year, he's going to be a. Uh, he's going to be a Raider. I think I'm going with the Cowboys. He's going with Jets. I'm saying Cowboys. Well, you don't. Okay, say say the Lions. They do win need the a division. defensive line. Say the Lions win the division. Will that sway his his choice? Here's no, the one I think thing. Sue's so selfish. here's the one thing I've been thinking about on that whole on this whole topic. Say the Lions make the playoffs, and they win their first game. And then in that second game, they get really darn close, but they don't win. And the Lions go, Sue, we were really freaking close, and we're going to draft so-and-so, and we're going to sign so-and-so, and if we sign you, we're at, we have a chance for the Super Bowl next year. Do you think he'd stay? No. I and can't put a finger on the guy. That's a blatant no, because I think Sue is selfish. He doesn't care about winning. He wants I the would, money. You know what? He doesn't yeah. want to be I would, in the he showed, I'm, I'm just totally being a hypocrite right now. He totally showed he was selfish this summer. Yeah. I don't even know why I thought about that. 100%. He could have improved this team oh, this he, summer. He could have. We could have had the money to go get a, Brent, a Brandon Flowers, who, you, as we just discussed, we had is the number one cornerback in the league right now. Guys, Sue is selfish. Okay, so Sue leaves, and Fairley's, that Fairley's the other one with the contract up, right? Yep. What do we do with him? We sign him. We sign Nick Fairley and not Nadamakan Sue? Yes. Yeah. 100%. And then and we you just take hit the draft? Draft or free agency? I think Free agency for what, though? You're going to go to a free agency where Sue's at the top of that list. You're going to want to go as high on the list as you want. They're going to go for Sue. The Chris, Lions are going to go for Sue. Chris, you no, s- they're not. No, Chris, I, I get what you're saying, and that makes sense. 
It's not going to happen. Chris, you said that oh, Sue let me pull up is this free benefiting list. Nick Fairley. I'll go with an opposite view, an opposing view, and say I think Sue is holding back Nick Fairley. Really? I do. I like this. I like this. <laughs> I, I, I don't that's see something Nick, I could get behind. I, ju- I think Nick Fairley, without Sue on the line, will actually get a lot more chances and a lot more... I think he'll benefit a lot more without Indomitian Sue. The only the thing that I can't get behind this this Sue is selfish. Yeah, there's obviously all these patterns, but he's not just outright with the media and with everybody. You know, he's not a big public jerk. He's a jerk on the field, but has he in the media said he's secretly no, he's secretly a, uh, he's secretly a, a jerk to the public. He he uh, he talks down to people. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like he doesn't speak to you. He speaks at you. He talks down to you. He talks about me, me, me. Not he we. talks about Lewis. No, talk- not <laughs> Lewis. Man, if Lewis, he talked Lewis. about me, I would not be saying this. I'm just kidding. But he talks about himself. He doesn't. He says me. He doesn't say we is in the team. I just mm-hmm. I I can't get behind that. He's not even behind the mic that much to where I could. He's you know he kind of like the Marshall. So was a guy a lot of traffic this summer on the way home from work, and during this whole Sioux saga. 97 won the ticket, played his shout his, out. his little, yeah, shout out. But yeah, he played his, uh, his, his reel from, you know, all of his interviews and he just, no, man, no, I'm telling you. Sue is a guy He's with a just... very bad public image of his on the field play. And he tries very, very hard to keep a very good image off the field. And he's very candid about a lot of his business that he does with the team. And I actually respect that. I respect that he doesn't really say much about... He just stays in the dark and keeps himself. He stays in the dark. But But about what with his image, he he tries to be out there and give himself a good public image. He goes out on those reality shows. Who can forget when he was on that diving reality show that lasted one season because it was awful. American Muscle Show. Yeah. I mean, here's a guy who I think really... Um, cares a lot about how he looks in the public because his image on the field is crap. Real quick, the Jets next season or coming up have three uh, defensive tackles hitting free agency. Who's that? The Jets. Boom and boom goes the dynamite. Interesting. Well, that Kendrick that... Ellis, Demon Harris, and some guys probably on a. You want to know one more there. swaying point to this? Did you hear the words Rex Ryan had about Adamic and Sue before the game? He's the best. He's the closest thing we'll get to Warren Sapp in this generation. I don't know, something like that. It's such a joke. He's nowhere close those to were, Warren Sapp. Those were kisses it, it, that he was sending. Great college player. He is no <laughs> great college player. Great rookie year. He's nowhere close to Warren Sapp. Oh no! Everybody. He was rookie year. You guys Everybody, are rookie year. You want to know what I did? What's he done since? I went and bought his jersey. What have I done since I got his jersey? I haven't worn it. You guys are down talking him so much, it makes me want to cry. 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 Cry on the air, Chris. Cry. (laughs) All right. Before Chris. No, we. This guy, I just can't. I can't. Why do we have a a top ranked defense? Oh, it's not Sue. No, I'm not saying it's not Sue. It is Sue. He is the reason. No, he's the exact reason. Coaching, no. We don't even have a secondary, but yet we have like one of the best opposing pass defenses. That has to do with coaching. Okay, before Chris floods the studio with a puddle <laughs> of tears, I will. It's I time swear. to move on to our final segment, and it's our predictions for Week Five: Lions, Jets. Lions, I want to know Bills, offensive MVP, <laughs> defensive MVP, and your score prediction. Ready? Go. 
Chris. Lions, 27-10. to 10. Defensive player of the week, uh, I'm going to say Tier Whitehead. I think he's just going to keep playing well. If not, it's James Hegdebo. That's how I'm going to say it. And uh, offensive player of the week, uh, I think it'll be um, Reggie Bush. I think he's going to step up and do his thing. He's uh, by himself. Not by himself, but, you know, more by himself this week than he was last week. And you took mine. Sorry. Took mine. Well, I'm going to pass it. Pass the lightning. The Lions will win by the score of 45-13. to Ahegdebo is going to be the defensive player of the week. And... Reggie Bush will be the offensive player of the week because it will be his game. He's not going to have anybody else coming on in. Everybody else hurt. Screen passes. Yep. Runs He's going to be a fantasy stud. Yep. You guys are all going for the blowout. I'm not so sure on that. Well, I didn't. Really- I got the Lions winning, 37-28. Offensive MVP. <laughs> how it, how is that going to happen? They didn't give up 28 points to Aaron Rodgers. They're giving up 28 points. To, to Kyle, Kyle Orton, Orton, you should be To C.J. Spiller. I think C.J. Spiller is going to have a great game on Sunday. And Fred Jackson as well. Fred Jackson's a guy who can catch balls out of the backfield. So is Spiller. I think that you can't sleep on this offense. Is this because Sue is not a good player? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hold on. Stop. <laughs> In my defense... I think the Bills will score a touchdown in garbage time. I don't think it's going to be a close game most of the game. That's why it's 27 to 10, not 27 to 3. You're going to get that garbage no, time. No, I think it'll be more like 37 to like 20 going into uh the final 37-21 or something going into the Bills final drive and they could score. I I don't I think I could see them putting up 28 points. Lions at home against their old coach. Against Kyle Orton, they are not letting up more than 14 points. Agreed upon. Not happening. Christopher. Not happening. Not up in here! They not sw- up in here! The, the not Bill- up in here! The Bills have not scored fewer than 20 points in any of their... Oh, I lied. Okay. I was looking at the scores wrong. They have actually not scored 20 points the last two weeks, but still. Lions, 37. Bills, what did I say? 28. Yeah. Okay. So, I have you guys interrupted me. I haven't even been able to say my offensive and defensive, M- defensive MVPs, <laughs> but I'll go just ahead go ahead now. and do it. We'll be quiet. Offensive MVP will be Eric Ebron. Ooh. Had to take a pause there. Defensive MVP, Rasheen Mathis. Mm-hmm. I'm going out on a limb this week, big time, with my predictions. So, there you have it. We were all right last week picking the Lions to beat the New York Jets. And hopefully we're all right this week picking the Lions to beat the Buffalo Bills, putting them at 4-1, and one, keeping them in first place in the NFC North. And get ready for next week when we recap another Lions victory right here on the Lions Den for MSU Impact Sports. How about that segue? Oh, yeah. And that's going to do it for our show this week. Christopher, thank you for being on. <laughs> Thank you, Hager. Thanks for having me. You got all jittery. You were like, oh my god. I was ready to scream. We're ready to go. You're you're all so giggly. Ah. I'm ready. Lewis, with the beautiful hair, the beautiful flow. My luscious locks. You're all luscious locks. That is why you're my Mm. (laughs) co-host. And, of course, I'm Michael Hager. Thank you guys for listening. Get ready next week for a Lions recap of a victory over the Buffalo Bills. 
and go. go!